Anything could happen. I don't know. Anything could happen. Wait a second. Because, I mean, all, all that means is that, like, I'm not... I'm not hitting the start stream button from my Twitch studio, which means I can't use my fancy little layout of, in, okay. of like, nothing. Oh, my God. It's actually saying I'm live. Oh. Okay. You know, well, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see how this goes. Okay. Because um, when I did this the first time um, uh -huh. with Kate Starkissian, I uh -huh. did it like through the Twitch Studio, and uh -huh. like I have, if people are watching it on Twitch, they'll have like a very faint background music that I selected. Uh, right now, I've got like Persona Five Jazz Eek. Cafe music going on in the background. Oh, I like that song. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know if people will hear it if they go to the Twitch stream, but um, I want to sing it so badly, but if it's if it's overlaid, I can't. I don't want to be dissonant, so I'm just gonna hum it in my head. Okay. Um. In any case, this says I'm live. Hello. Yay. Welcome to <laughs> welcome to Hi. another episode of Cosplay Bites, the show about cosplay conventions and all the nerdy bits and bites. You just got that little snapshot. I am here, as you can see, with my bestie, Mink. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? Good, good. How are you? I am super tired. Oh, no. Well, I mean, conventions have that effect on people. That is absolutely true. I'm just, like, lowering the music on my headphones so that I don't get, like, blasted out so I can make sure I still hear you. Uh -huh, okay. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so... Before we start, complimentary sip of my coffee. <laughs> coffee not spawn. Mm. Um, yeah, so as you just heard, Mink mentioned that cons take it out of you. This is true, because we both were at PAX East 2023 Woo! this past weekend. Woo! <laughs> I, miss, I miss you, and I miss everyone else I saw. Like, you know, it's funny. There's something really bizarre that's happening for me right now. Um, I haven't gone through like the post-con sads that I usually go through, but I think it's just because at this juncture, I see so many people virtually now. And I'm just like, yeah, okay, I'll just see you all online. I, I'll just true. wait till you're streaming. Yeah. It's it's weird. I don't know what to make of it, but I I'll take it because anytime I'm not suffering post con sads, that's a good time. This is this is absolutely true. Yeah, because I, I literally like I got to like so I left Sunday morning and then I got to see you the next day virtually, quote unquote, because you were it's streaming. True. Delta I was streaming. Yeah. I can confirm this. <laughs> I was there. I was it was streaming? me. It was I, me I, all I along. An, I had an out of body experience. <laughs> Oh my god, I was there. Oh my god. Uh so I have notes of stuff that I did. Oh, you nice. probably have notes mentally in your head. Yeah, you know you I don't did. take notes. Notes are notes are not my jam. I mean notes oh. are my jam when I'm studying, but not when I'm recalling events, which is uh, okay. probably why my recollection of events is a little fuzzy. <laughs> okay. All right. So um for those who were not aware, pa uh, PAX East is short for Penny Arcade Expo. Mm -hmm. Still going strong. I believe this was the... They're saying this was like the 10th East 
No, I think this was 11. Okay, but the new thing... This one goes to 11. This one, well, I think they were saying this was the 50th just packs in general. Was it really? Well, that makes sense. That tracks, because at this point, there's the original, which used to be PAX Prime, but now they call it PAX West. There's PAX East. There's PAX South, which is in Texas. And then there's PAX Australia. But I don't know if they're counting PAX Unplugged as part of that, too, which mm. I think is in Pennsylvania. Also, didn't PAX South, like, kind of end? One of the South or Did West? Got, South or West got canned. Like, no, got it can't be. Well, it can't be West because West is in Seattle and Seattle is the hometown of the like of the creators of PAX. Like either, that's the OG PAX. So right. it can't be prime. Either either South got either canned completely or it just missed a year recently. I don't know what I'm remembering. Oh my gosh. No way. That's wild. I yeah. have not heard that. But I also have not been to PAX South. No. So I wouldn't know. I just know that PAX Australia is also a thing. Yeah. Have you have you ever been to any other PAXs besides East? Yeah, I went to, I got paid to go to um, PAX Prime. Which is West. Yes, which is now West. At the time, it was still Prime. Oh, okay. Very nice. How'd that go? Um, It was interesting because the venue space is far more, what's the word I'm looking for? Sprawling. It's much more sprawling. So you know how at, um, at PAX East, there is an A, B theaters and there are c and d theaters right uh at west it goes to to h it goes to h goes to h there are a lot more well this this tracks because in seattle which is um on the the west coast they have um buildings are are longer not taller if that makes sense you know, because mm. earthquakes <laughs> mm. would be my my guess. Um, so so there were just it was a little bit easier for me to get lost at Pax West. Uh huh. Okay. But attendance was generally the same. Hmm. Yeah. So you were there all four days, sort of. I know. No, I was you... not all there all four days. I no, no, no. There. I'm sorry. Friday to Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That's because, that's I unfortunately, um, I can't take two consecutive days off from work. It was I was lucky enough to take Friday off from work. Wow. I couldn't take that Thursday as well, unfortunately. I did have a four-day badge, but that doesn't mean nothing. That doesn't mean... <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I got... I got my, my, my new job was very accommodating. And that, that's like, great. We, we get it. Stuff happened. Already, you already booked it. That's fine. I didn't even tell my job. I just told them, hey, I ain't going to be here on Friday. I get three days out of the school year that I get to say that this is mm. one of them. And okay. and they were like, righto then. <laughs> um, so you did panels. I did. I tried out as many games as I could. I sadly had to miss two of them, two of my media appointments, which I felt bad about because uh-huh. I was just. I wanted to spend more time seeing people because Saturday were was my last. Were they people life. that you had planned on going to interview or were they panel events that you had planned on covering? They were media appointments that I booked. 
Oh no. So that's Were you what... able to like apologize and all that stuff? No, no. I Oh, you should probably double back and do that. I probably should. Oh, yeah, that's geez. write that down. Yeah. It's it was it was with Moon Eye Studios and uh-huh. it was actually with Riot with League of Legends with their new game that they were showing off. Wait, Riot was even at PAX? They were in a different building. They had a panel detailing their new They were in a different building? At PAX East, like, what is the point? Wait, what? They were in a different building? So Riot was there to show off their spinoff game called The Mage Seeker, which was kind of like this, I hear it was like a 2D action adventure roguelike kind of thing where it was starring one of the champions of the game. But they had their demo at... It was like the waterfront hotel across the street from the convention center. Oh, that's not really okay. Okay, to clarify, the the waterfront hotel isn't across the street. It is literally next to. They they technically attach at certain places. Oh, There's okay. a sky bridge that attaches the Weston Waterfront Hotel to the Boston Convention and Expo Center. Um, it, it's not. It's not a across the street it's like across the way but you do actually have to leave the property of the bcec to get to the western waterfront right and the western waterfront itself did not require badge access so a little bit riot was doing some dirty poker there because yeah they like oh they didn't want to pay tax prices to to exhibit so they just had to pay hotel price oh they, yeah and I, oh oh maybe, mommy that, that could be and, and well they also had a panel to show up the exact same game was that, that also showing. at the waterfront hotel no that was at the that was at the conventioner i believe oh huh well it costs nothing to submit uh, a panel in fact if anything submitting and getting a panel approved gives you uh free badges so Good yeah, for I them. tried and I Good failed. Good for them. I tried and I failed. So maybe next year. This is okay, but to be fair, this is to me finding out that Riot did in fact have presence at PAX is such a mind blowing moment for me because previous in previous years, and I'm saying like this is like pre pandemic and even pre pre pandemic, yeah. in previous years, Riot had giant booths and they oh yeah they were the showstopper they had they had a giant room that was literally dedicated for cosplay and cosplay lounge and repair and it was like multiple years in a row i think it was like they did it for maybe three or four years and it was bopping that's where all the cosplayers went like and they weren't running any events that were cosplay events per se but they just had a an a lounge for cosplayers to just rest they had snacks they had water they had a yeah. repair station they had like a very cool backsplash the league backsplash that you could take your photos against like they treated your cosplayers right mm. so i was very sad when they stopped having that um a lot of gamers were very sad when they stopped having the um the the booth the giant booth at on the expo floor so i'm just kind of giggling because i didn't realize that riot was in fact near packs yeah. just not at packs <laughs> yeah they were suspiciously adjacent to packs yeah they, they, they were they were hiding in the <laughs> hiding in the shadows dirty poker you heard it here first <laughs> dirty poker dirty poker so <laughs> that that whole thing kind of just made me realize like for next year to just 
better plan my days. Yeah. In addition to like first and foremost, book a closer hotel because then I could have probably stayed on Sunday a lot longer than I originally planned. Um, a lot of people I know wound up booking their hotel through to the next day. Through Monday, yeah. Yeah, just because uh, what happens is when folks book their hotels, and this is true for any con, not just for packs. When you book your hotel, most hotels have a checkout by 11 a.m. policy, which means yes. that you need to have all of your stuff packed, ready to go, and out of your hotel by 11 a.m. Now, most convention goers will tell you 11 a.m. is when you want to wake up on Sunday, not when you yeah. want to be out of your hotel room. Yeah. So it is more costly, unfortunately. But it a, a lot of folks I know who don't want to go through that struggle will will just be like, oh, screw I'm just paying I for the yeah. next night. I'm just paying for the next night, even if I check out early. There's zero penalty if I do not sleep there Sunday night. They do not care. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean... If if they keep going the way they think they're going, I'll have maybe more money to blow <laughs> and book another night. Because add in the fact that my hotel was a 30-minute walk. Why did you do that to yourself? I don't know. Because the other the other kind of convert the other hotels were more expensive. Okay, that's fair. At the time when I didn't have my new job. Yeah. You know what? So that's I would I would kind of just like just do it. You, you'll be fine. Need your exercise for the day. Who cares if you're feel like there's a you. narrator speaking over here, being like, "He was not, in fact, fine." <laughs> I ended up using the shuttle bus. I think on the first day because I left very late. I a lot of people day. used shuttle bus, but that was because there is construction in Boston, ironically timed for exactly when the convention was. And that, how, that, that knocked is. out. No, it knocked out a lot of the um, the T, the their their transit system, or like our convenient transit system. It knocked mm. out a lot of the T uh, services. So the, you know, the the city had to provide shuttles as an alternative. But when you compare one shuttle capacity versus the capacity of an entire train, you're gonna have a difference. So I think a lot of people had some challenges we're gonna call them challenges just getting mm. to the event right so at the end of the day just if if the developers happen to be watching this i don't know how they would how they would but um to the people at moon Eye studios and riot please forgive me for missing the media appointments i just i wanted to see my friends <laughs> <laughs> so i might just casually like oh good i am live okay good Good. I just casually just walked over to the Twitch website on my channel. Am I really live? Yes, I am. Yes. Um. So with that note, I don't know if we want to start with me detailing some of the games I did play, or do you want to start with your panels? You tell me. This is your show. I am just here for the ride. This okay. that is very true. Um. So then, why don't we start with uh? I think I had two appointments on Thursday to Friday, so we can start with that. Yeah, yeah, we can start with that. Uh, I, like, tore out the pages of my little notebook because it's falling apart. Whatever. These pages are not going to live much longer anyway. Um, 
one of the first games I tried was from White Thorn Games. Um, I know that studio. Which game did you try? I tried Botany Manor. Oh, you did. I didn't get a chance to demo it. Yeah, How was it? it? It was really relaxing. And I mean, I had some dumb moments of figuring out the puzzles. But then when I real when I had the, uh, I think it was like the communication director sitting, sitting next uh-huh. to me, like explaining the game. And she was explaining stuff. And I was like, oh, yes, duh, I'm dumb. Sorry. So, <laughs> um, so Whitethorn Games as a studio, genuinely, my base, my impression of them over the last, like, 365 days, because the first time I learned about them was PAX East 2022, um, has been that they specialize in casual games as well as puzzle games. Yes. And the new offerings of games that they had to demo at PAX um, 2023 follows that very closely. So from the games that I saw as well, it just seems like they know what they want. They want to really hone in on that, like no stress, chill vibes only sort of thing. And it is very successful. I, I there are a couple of games from that studio that I'm quite enamored with. Well, did you play Witchwood? So I never played Witchwood, but every one of my friends swears by it. So it's I, on my to-do list. I Yeah, I streamed it last year when they were nice enough to give me a free copy after I tried it out nice. at PAX oh, last year. And it was just, the storybook art style was gorgeous. The well, the top would... the top three that I got to play with were, um, I never know if I'm pronouncing it right, Apco, Apeco, Apico. Oh, Ap- Apico, Apico, yeah. the B yeah, game. I, the B game. The B game. Then there's Calico, which is the cat game. Uh-huh. another like comfy cozy game and then a game that i demoed but i'm gonna do the full stream of or like the full playthrough of um that i'm really excited about is recall and that came out in january and i have mm. been looking forward to that game since last packs um but a friend yeah. of mine and i want to play it together so we've just been like ships in the night trying to like cold like find out what when our schedules align right so so Botany Manor, it's an exploration puzzle game. You play as a botanist, and you're essentially you're solving puzzles to grow a variety of flowers that I believe you're getting sent from your friends or like flowers that you're growing from your travels. Um, it sounds so cozy. The I guess the people that were developing the game just had a love of plants, and they also I think they had from what I from what I've written down had experience in like going to a manor. Huh. Or even, I think, maybe like a bot... Well, the person that developed this was a botanist. Or okay. is a botanist. Okay, that tracks. Um, yeah, calming music, gorgeous visuals. Um, so comfy, cozy, growing... lo-fi vibes. Yeah. you're And you're essentially growing flowers throughout this entire area. So I actually wanted to reach out back to the girl that I talked with um, to um, ask more questions because I just came up with some, like, well, you can also join the White Thorn Discord. Um, I've been on their Discord for a little while now, and it's a it's a pretty hop in community of folks. They ask questions, folks get back to you pretty quickly. So um, it's and it's very easy to join the Discord because really all you have to do is to go to the White Thorn, like their like page, like their website. Yeah, and they have a link like pretty much like straight away uh, at the like on the main page of their website to join their discord um and that's that's been a, a great place to just like get info before it goes live elsewhere 
right. You picked you picked a studio that I actually like know anything about or like have emails (laughs) of some of the dev team. Like you picked the one studio I actually have connections to. You (laughs) did. Good job. You made me sound smart. (laughs) Everything from here on out, everything here is gonna gonna sound really dumb. I'm gonna sound so dumb by comparison. Um. The other studio that I went with now this this threw me Please by a loop. Please God be okay? another studio that I know. It's Prideful Sloth. Bye everybody, that's my time. <laughs> so what's interesting is I was dumb in that I didn't keep the full email chain of when I made the appointment, when I got the booking. Because apparently what I'm what I think I'm remembering is that. So they showed off a brand new game that they announced literally, I think, a couple days ago at another gaming event that was okay. ha- going on around the same time. All right. Um, and I think it wasn't mentioned in. It either was mentioned and I bought into it, or it wasn't, and I was just booked the appointment on the basis of their previous title that sounded really interesting to me. Okay. So this game is called Go Go Town. And oh, I didn't see that one, but there's a lot to say. So I'm not surprised that I missed a game title. So this is a life sim town builder, a la Sims and Animal Crossing. Where Just you... kidding, I did see that one. Yeah, okay. And you're essentially, I mean, the demo build has you act as an employee of this like corporate entity that you, uh, I think you break off of in the game. Yes. And you become the mayor of this town. Um, so let me see what I have written down here. Um, so in that it, way, it's kind of like Animal Crossing New Leaf. Was New Leaf the one where you become mayor? Yes. I don't think it was Wild World. No, it wasn't. I think it was It's new definitely leaf. not City Folk, so I'm pretty sure it was New Leaf that you became mayor. It was New mayor. Leaf. I didn't play New Leaf, but I'm pretty sure it was New Leaf. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. Did I play New Leaf? No. No, I um, let's see I here. So, yeah, you are really written down here. Uh, I mean, the UI was a little bit clunky, but that was just for the demo purposes. Um, all the- all the demos, especially like early dev demos, are gonna be clunky. There were a couple that I was like, oh, oh, the graphics on this are very um polygonal, polygonal, right. Uh, but but like one of the ones that this was especially true for, they were like, yeah, the game's three months into dev. And I was like, oh, my God, this is brilliant for three months into dev. Like when you yeah. put it that way, this is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They told me um, that the game has been in development for a year. Um, you get fun ideas with choice. Um, the visual style is extremely adorable. Um, it does not take a lot me to get on board with the game because visuals and comfy vibes will sail me through a lot when it comes to oh absolutely absolutely Um, that being said i hope that uh the gameplay for this was was yeah you uh you were essentially you were gathering materials to help either build resources for the building that you were building for some, I think one thing where you made an arcade, and you made like a food stall. You recruit, okay. you recruit town people that visit your um neighborhood or your town. Yeah. As well as other things that I think you can recruit. There are mummies that can live in your town. 
or people that can turn into werewolves. You can recruit alien. All right. You can right. high five. A, you can high five a cow. You can. Okay. I don't really do know how the, that works with hooves, but you know what? I do all the things. Far be I, it for me to question. Yeah, all the things I experienced during the demo. I actually with the person I talked with, we had a really really hilarious um controller talk about how we always get mixed up with the buttons. Mm-hmm. With with like, because I think we were both we were doing it on an Xbox controller. Yeah, and I haven't played with an Xbox in years. So I'm I regularly too- play on an Xbox controller because that's the controller that I have hooked up to my uh my computer for gaming. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I mix up buttons all the time. Yeah, and it would, so that was that was really funny. Um, let me see here. Especially because if you play a Switch, and I know you do. Um, the organization of the confirm versus cancel buttons on a switch versus on an Xbox are two entirely like they are literally flip flopped. So if I play, if I play on my Xbox controller for like too many consecutive hours and then switch over to my pro controller on my switch, I'm just canceling out of everything left and right and vice versa for switch to Xbox. So it is problematic, shall we say. And don't even get me started because basically and then by the time I get to the PS5, I'm sitting there being like, this is demon technology and I don't understand what button I'm supposed to press. <laughs> so I guess I just won't because because at least at very least the Xbox and the the switch use letters. You get to the PlayStation and you're like, well, you got to hit circle or maybe X, but maybe you have to hit triangle and God help if you have to hit square. And I'm sitting here being like. I don't. Why did shapes have to happen? Why? Why couldn't why we just shapes? keep it with letters? I get it, but I don't get it. Oh my god! I have um, a lot of venom for controllers. Clearly, um, just so much pent up rage. You got to use tools, so I got to use a chainsaw to chop down trees to get lumber. I got to use some kind of mining tool to mine rock for ore for other to make clay for other things, and it was. It was really good. I it was very calm. I I felt bad because I try. I I think it was just because I was already tired in that point. And this was like somewhat. I think it was like in the afternoon. But I like I tried my best to like you know stay incredibly interested. Like I again like talking with the developer was really nice. She was a really sweet lady. She gave me a um a goodie bag. Oh, as did as did all my um media appointments did. But this one was um. And I, it basically in the goodie bag was a package of Tim Tams, and I was like, "Oh, you've given me fuel, thank you." <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, fatigue sets in, man. Believe me, I get it. Um, the Whitethorn people—they gave me a nice little tote bag with a Aww. with a hat, and oh, I'm cool. just sitting here like, I got like four. As I as one, two, three, four tote bags. I'm just like, oh good, more stuff for my move. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. It is wonderful. And um the other game that I played, and then I can throw it over to you for a little bit before we get into the other remaining games that I played. But this last game that I'll mention for now, which was incredibly gorgeous, but is it my gameplay style? Absolutely not. Um, it's called Strayed Light. And what hooked me on this was the trailer and the fact that they 
uh had um or they have um Austin Wintry, uh the composer for a game like Journey and Abzu. He was oh, nice. the he was the composer for this game. But I only knew him as one of the people that on this other podcast that I really, really enjoy listening to. Oh, so, I love it when stuff like that happens. You're like, I know them. Exactly. So that was kind of um That's cool. You you play as this like elemental kind of creature where you essentially you you shift between blue light and red light. Oh, and neat. you're essentially fighting off these demons. I think you have to like retrieve something that was stolen from you at the start of the game or like you gotta merge with somebody or something. I can't really remember, but as you're fighting enemies, it's almost it's essentially like Dark Souls, where you are you have to at the start parry attacks that your enemies throw at you, but the attacks that they throw at you, they have to match the color that you're on. Oh, okay. So, so there's a little bit of like Simon says to this. Yeah, but then like they'll but then they'll switch and then you have to switch and then like yeah. Then there are some points where you have to you build up a meter to like use a finisher to automatically like take the enemy out of the game. This feels a little bravely defaulty. A little bit, but um, it's um, it's like uh, well, it's an action adventure game. Um, I assume it's turn based. No, it's not. Okay, I no. assumed wrong. No, I mean like it, it's essentially it's essentially a soul game. Okay. Like Bloodborne or Dark Souls. Um, where you're... Is it a third-person perspective? Yes. Okay. Like yes. over-the-shoulder sort of thing? Yes. Yes, okay. absolutely. Yep. Excellent. Okay. Um, I'm on board now. So, yeah, the composer, the, uh, not the composer. Music the... can really make or break a game. Like, not that the, the visuals and storytelling of Hollow Knight would not itself make the game successful, but, like, you cannot deny that the game goes from good to legendary because of the music. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. The dev, the dev were really nice, and um, they said to let me know. They actually, they actually gave me like an access code to like play the demo. Oh, cool! On my laptop. But the problem is, and I'm, I'm wondering if that is the case. It's through Steam. I'm, I'm on a MacBook. Oh, Macs don't wait. play games. That's the joke. Wait. Really? That sucks. Very few games are optimized for Macs on Steam. Can you get uh like a a Linux OS running through your laptop so that you can boot it with Linux and then run Steam through that? Maybe. I'd have to look <laughs> into it. I, I mean, I don't, I don't even know if Strayed Light is Mac compatible or not. I just assume because that's literally everything. How dare you assume? How dare you assume? <laughs> Do you know how many mobile games I saw at PAX that were like, we are on for uh, iPhones, but we're not yet uh, up for Android. Like, okay. Well, good thing I've got an iPhone. Um, it's a lot is the answer. So I've got... Speaking of composers, though, we were just talking about uh, who's got two thumbs and met the composer for uh, Cult of the Lamb at me. 
Oh, did you really? Yes. And yeah, he so... was such a wonderful being. Like, seriously. Oh, kind. He's also apparently the voice actor of the villagers, which is great because then he, like, proceeded to do some of the voices. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> absolutely tickled me pink. I felt so bad because this guy was, like, we were, like, in a good convo, like, genuinely good conversation. Like, the two of us were just getting really excitable at each other and yeah. talking about how, like, uh, you know, I was like, oh, man, Cult of the Lamb's music was so good. I was really vibing to it. It was weirdly like l like I felt so calm listening to it. It, it was very like lo-fi to me. And he was like, oh, yeah, well, that's because I was inspired by like lo-fi hip hop music. And I was just like, oh, that's why. And so the two right. of us are just like like chit chatting. And then at some point, the other devs were like, buddy, buddy, you got to you got to go greet other people. Like, come on. Like he was, he had stepped out from behind like the little dev table that they had. He was like, you, you got to come back. So oh I felt really bad because he got technically like, I'm like, oh no, I got the musician. You stole him away for a little while. Yeah. But that was, that was a fun moment. I was like, oh, since we were just talking about music, let me just tell you this little brief. Yeah. Little song so so well, fun fact, the Cult of the Lamb composer also is the voice actor for um, the Villagers. Wow. The more yeah. you know. So speaking, so speaking of actually, that's a good segue into some of the booths that we both saw. Um, mm -hmm. one of which, Cult of the Lamb. Yep. Otherwise, through uh, Devolver Digital, um, they had the standout booth this year, I think, because oh, it was, it was so cool. Essentially made to look like one side. It was essentially made to look like a movie theater. Yes, but one side like, was made to look like a movie theater. The other side was made to look like a cultist altar. Yep. Well, you Both had sides were excellent. Literally, yeah, literally, you had like candles to like mourn the dead villagers. It was great. <laughs> it was, and then it they was... had a mascot of the lamb, and yes. that was by far the best mascot. They didn't have the lamb mascot come out for too long, and I suspect it was just because the uh, mascot suit was just punishing. Um, but it oh, was God, very, yeah, very was. well done. Yeah. Um. Nintendo had a presence, not did in they? What you would yeah, yeah. Did well, they? That's, that's the thing, not in what you would. Well, because well, it's because no. a new good Mario game was not coming out. But like, considering that Tears of the Kingdom is coming out in May, like they could have done so much more. They probably could have. Well, they did technically. Well, do something because on the main ex like on the entrance hall the lobby yeah in the lobby they did have like a giant statue of link like a life-size statue of link and you could like get in line to get your picture taken and then you got like a pin yep doing it i, I did one. not wait in the line because the line was way too long um I so technically line, yeah. that was their hype for uh, Tears of the Kingdom because they already have our money. They don't need to try no. for Breath of the Wild too. They no. don't need to try, and it shows. But that was also Speaking true of... the year that um, Sword and Shield came out, because Pokemon Sword and Shield came out um, not too long after Apex. I want to say in 2019, and they had a similar setup um, in the lobby of Pax East. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> speaking of, uh, guess who said fuck it and bought the upcoming Zelda special edition OLED that they just announced? 
you. Yep. I win. What do I win? Yeah. I, um. I, I, do I win the special I, edition? No. Oh. <laughs> Dang it. I figured why that why that friendship not? over. I'm kidding. Oh no. <laughs> I'm kidding. Well, so in addition to that, they had like other like sort of pop-up booths where one booth was like, you know, you sign into my Nintendo and you get a Splatoon bag. Oh yeah, I did um, see there were a couple of things that was like sign in with your my Nintendo and get stuff. Yeah. And then they had And I sp- have I have a Nintendo account. I could have. I was just so lazy. I was just like right. first of all, no. I don't have time to wait in a line. I have I have things to look at. And then second of all, with what Wi-Fi? The service in the BCEC is notoriously rubbish. No, I, I actually had it pretty in. good. Ah. I had I'm it jealous. pretty good on their on their Wi-Fi, not gonna lie. My my phone was every day I left the con, my phone was basically at like two percent battery life just because just because it cost my battery so much mana trying to connect and reconnect onto the dang network it was and then when i did when i gave up and was just like whatever i'll just use my my data same story different actors you know like yeah such such a pain it BCEC eats cell phone batteries for breakfast. Literally, like the last day when I went, when I left the con, because most of my battery power went to the fucking GPS using Apple Maps to make oh, sure. Oh, yeah, I, that's fair. Okay, I that's knew fair. how to get to the to make sure I knew how to get to my hotel. Literally, my phone was at six percent when I finally got to the restaurant that I was eating at um, on Saturday night, mm. and um, it just so happened it was interesting. It was a twenty-one only bar, twenty-one over only bar. Um, they had me seated. Legit, my luck, the spot where they sat me, there was a spare outlet. And I was like, can I use this? And they're like, can I use this? And I'm like, oh yeah, sure, go ahead. Like, thank you. I'm surprised you've been asked. I would have been like, I'm here. I'm doing it. Okay, bye. I just wanted to make sure because it was like, it was, it was, it was near something that was that was kind. That was, that was considerate of you. So I, yeah, I just wanted. And I don't I know that I would have been as considerate. I would have been like, oh, ask for forgiveness, not for permission. And then I had two espresso martinis that night, and I was a happy boy. <laughs> you, you were buzzed in more ways than one. I had, I, I made sure I had a drink every single night because it's like this is my vacation, like my one Connie year kind of thing. If I want to go all out, I'm gonna go all out. Nice. Um, before I dive into the other stuff that I'd done. Which is only those two other sheets, and then I guess we can talk about. <laughs> I guess we can talk about cosplay on the show called Cosplay Bite. Um, you had panels. I did. I believe you had two. I had three. Okay. Yeah, I had three panels. Um, one of which I was the panel head, and the other two I was uh an additional panelist. Okay. So uh, the first panel I did chronologically, I was um, a panelist, not the panel head. And that was the cosplay tools panel. Mm-hmm. Um, that was me, Rocket Props, who was the panel head and the cosplay. And we actually do at least a panel together every pack. So thankfully, oh. the people who decide on panels, for whatever reason, continue to 
approve specifically the panels where all three of us are on the ticket. Don't know why. <laughs> Maybe it's because they just know that we are great and fun. The three of us together, actually, technically, there's four of us because um, um, expletives and thread um, sometimes joins us, too. But the four of us together form a group that we call Trash Fire Productions. So this was a Trash Fire Productions event. All right. uh, it is technically a revision from a panel that we had done before. Uh, this was an advanced cosplay tools panel. Okay. And it, I think it went over very nicely. <laughs> Poor Rocket is a little bit down on himself because he was hoping that we were going to get a little bit more in the weeds about like how to use the tools to do specific things. Whereas uh -huh. Z and I were like, no, I don't think we were going to have time for that. We were going to like introduce certain like certain tools and why you might use them for various crafts. But we weren't going to get to spend a lot of time in the weeds with particular crafts because we were trying to cover tools that were used for foam work, sewing, uh, working with leather, working with 3D prints, like painting. That's a very wide net we cast. So we were a yeah. mile wide and inch deep. And I think Rocket would have liked to have had the opportunity to go a little bit deeper. You know what I mean? Right. But we're going to have our own. So just just for those of you who are unfamiliar with um, like what some people do for panel prep is uh, we've met millions of times prior to the convention to like, you know, figure out what we we're going to talk about, rehearse, all that kind of stuff. And we're going to have our debrief, uh, not next week because we're all a little bit too busy, but the week after. And I'm sure we're going to have so much to talk about for our debrief because one of the things that we do is because we've done panels together over and over again, sometimes we take the same panel and per do it um, for other conventions. So these debriefs are wicked important because it gives us the opportunity to fine tune. Right. Right. It's good stuff, though. And we we always do a Q&A session. Q&A session went very nicely. Um, people ask some really brilliant questions. Um, and then we usually hang out uh, a little bit adjacent to the panel room after the convention in wherever the enforcers say is a safe place for us to stand. And then we, we usually chat people up or like answer follow up questions after that. And it's always a good time. That's actually my favorite part of the panel is doing the Q&A because I crave interactions. <laughs> oh, man. Um, just yeah, quick, that was the first panel. Quick <laughs> aside. Uh, I guess we got King Glacia in the chat. Hi, Yo, what King up, King? Glacia. Hope you're doing okay. That's my um, buddy. I know. He's my buddy, too, because he's on my streams as well from time to time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that was panel number one. Then panel number two was the one that I was in control of. I'm kidding. I was I was just the panel lead. Um, and that was the VTubing panel. And I was very excited for that because we were the only VTubing panel at PAX again. Because last year we were the only VTubing panel. This year we were the only VTubing panel. So this one was kind of a like... Uh, I I named it I have my model now what and the idea was to get people inspired by like things that you can do to enhance your stream enhance your interactivity with your community so a lot of it could also be applied for like 
you know, non VTube streamers, just like regular streamers as well. Um, right. And I, I wound up having us run it a little bit differently than we had done before. So um, last year we did a VTube panel and it was myself, Goggle Candy, Queenie BB, and Nimbus Gray. And this year it was the exact same crew back at it again. Uh, we've been calling ourselves uh, Team V Force because apparently <laughs> I can't be I can't be a panelist without having silly nicknames for ourselves. I regret nothing. Um, so we did we did uh, I thought we did a really nice job, and I can tell that a lot of people were really hungry for more VTubing stuff. So maybe next year I might have to propose doing like a how to make your own model sort of panel. I've done that before at smaller yeah. cons, but I think I, it might have to happen at um, at a larger con like PAX. And um, I know that it was a, a big hit because um, we had a lot of folks come and hang out and ask questions after after the panel. Last year, we had so many people who wanted to ask questions that um, the enforcers wound up giving us a spare room like one of the overflow rooms and just having like letting us hang yeah. out in an overflow room and yeah. have like Q&A after that. Um, this time we wound up because our panel was on the later side. Um, we wound up going um, to a lounge space that was a mirror that was like adjacent to where the panel happened. And I think we stayed for another hour to an hour and a half just answering questions, talking to people. It was really good fun. And I got to meet a couple of cool people. And we wound up like hanging out at the end of the night and just like walking around the convention a little bit. At that point, the um, expo hall had been closed. So we were just kind of like killing time, hanging out, having fun. And that part, I wouldn't trade for anything because that to me was the most fun. Um, but I will say, here's something I'm very proud of. So PAX yeah. East had a mask policy, which I was 100% behind. They had a mask policy. Which means that when we were doing our presentation, since it was a little less formal in the presentation, it was more like a proper panel in that, you know, I was moderating and asking people questions. It was hard to tell which of us was speaking because our faces were covered, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I made everybody um, these foam cutouts of their PNGs and I put them on sticks. So every time one of us wanted to talk, we had to hold up our PNG model. Oh so it was exactly like if we were doing a stream collab and our PNG was like bouncing around. <laughs> it was very cute. I loved it. And what yeah. made it even better, what absolutely sold it is that um, on Friday, Nimbus and I had already decided that we were going to cosplay as our VTube models. So we were already ready. Yep. We convinced Goggle to also cosplay as his VTube model. Oh no. Which was good because basically his his VTube is his VTube model is dressed up like Pegasus from um Yu-Gi-Oh. So and he already had a Pegasus cosplay from Yu-Gi-Oh oh because God. he loves the character. So he basically <laughs> wore Pegasus without the wig. And then poor poor BB didn't have a cosplay of her character and she definitely didn't have by the time we all like realized that this was happening she was like there's no way i have like less than a week and i was like don't worry amazon to the rescue i ordered <laughs> her a b 
Kigu because her VTuber is bee themed. Right. Um, so I ordered her a bee Kigu that came like the day before. I brought it in, blessed that it fit and everything, like that it was like perfectly no troubles. And so yeah. she did the whole presentation in this adorable bee Kigu. It was very wow. cute. We oh had a good God. time. It was so fun. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, it looks like we got just quickly reading the chat here. Mm -hmm. King Guishan saying, what, what is next year's name going to be? VX Force? <laughs> no, I think it'll still be the V Force. We okay. the the V stands for VTuber. And then uh oh we got Ashes coming Yo, in. Yo Ashes. That's also my friend. Close to I know. I I I met them as well. Uh -huh. Well, I mean, I've seen did. I've seen them before, but like I, I hung out with them well, For you. the purposes of the fact that this is being recorded as a podcast, I want it on the record that these are my friends. <laughs> yes, on the record. Yes. This is important. Oh, this is important for a while. Good, good. Yeah. Okay. She, they said uh, close to two hours, I guess, in reference to the panel last year with the, uh, over, with the overflow. Oh, was it really close to get... two hours? No, I think it was one hour for the panel itself and then an additional hour for the overflow room. So I yeah. guess in that way, it was close to two hours. Right, um, yeah. Definitely this year, though, we we hung for an addition, at least one hour after the panel but it wasn't in an overflow room it was like in front of escalators yeah mm. <laughs> but we were a big crowd like we were a sizable crowd and what was adorable is like all four of us were in like our own little pockets of people so we were like we really had a crowd it was very cool yeah yeah i'm just really happy that there are so many people who are as passionate about vtubing as we are and it really does highlight, and I'll probably put this in like my post event notes, you know, to the extent that PAX sends out surveys that you can fill out, that th the attendees at PAX are hungry for more VTuber content. And to the like, I don't know what yeah. the right answer is for getting that content to the people, but to the extent that I can by having VTube panels, I will continue to push them. Because they are fun. I have a good time. People have a good time. We can have a good time together. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. I mean, I, I essentially got into VTubing through your panel <gasps> last year. Yatta! I think. That's excellent news. You know what? I'm claiming it. it. it Don't retcon this. Tell me it's tell me it's true and then never doubt this again. <laughs> no, it, it had to have been last year because Pax East took 2021 off. So yeah, no, yes. last year was when I started VTubing, and it was because of your yeah. panel when you guys made it sound... It's so accessible. Accessible slash easy, especially when it you is. mentioned, like, PNG tubing. Yep. It's like, oh, I kind of have mascot avatars of myself already drawn from years ago. Easy they to could work, start, and then, ready to roll. Yeah, and then I think Vesper helped me out with the software, and then I just... And confirm. Picked and plugged away, and then, yeah. Actually, I think Vesper helped Ashes with getting started too that's really yeah. funny because vesper wasn't even on the panel for those who are wondering vesper is um is another another uh he wouldn't even call himself a vtuber he's i just harangue him to collab with me mm. on sundays and he pngs with me I, yeah i he would i think he would take umbrage to being accused of being a vtuber <laughs> 
or even a streamer. Uh, Harangued, uh, I think, is probably more the adjective he would use to describe the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe he... Okay, so off-cam, Vesper has said um, that I have manipulated him by exploiting children, which sounds terrible, but let me give you context. The reason behind... I know, I know. I promise it'll make sense. The reason why he even got into this uh, fake contract with me is that um, as a stretch goal or stretch goal. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to call it a stretch goal, an incentive for an extra life campaign I had been running. um, The incentive was like, if I raised uh, $2,500, then I would force Vesper to do a stream with me. And then he he, he agreed to it. And then it wound up becoming more than a stream, even though that wasn't the terms of mm. the agreement. I'm okay. not complaining because I think it's hilarious. Vesper right. is super fun to to game with. Um, but I I appreciate that uh, his continued role is to complain that I have I have trapped him in a fay bargain. Oh I regret God. nothing. Ash is just saying you altered the agreement. I did alter the agreement. Uh, listen, <laughs> when it when it comes to dealing with Faye, you got to read the fine print. Yeah. Please note, in the fine print, it is noted that the fine print may change based on the whims of the Faye. Oh, my God. Evolving um, fine print. Then you did one more panel. which I did do one more panel. The cosplay shootout panel. Yes. With... That was with Nerd Caliber. Yep. So we had Spectre Cosplay and myself were the cosplay experts. And then we had um, Nerd Caliber as represented by Wonder Llama and First Person Shooter. Yep. Uh, So they were the photographer elements. And for those who have not done the PAX East shootout, basically it works like this. We get some photographers to put their name in a hat. We get cosplayers to put their name in a hat. We partner them off, give them 30 minutes to shoot together. We give them a theme that they should be trying to um, arrange their composition based on. Mm. We upload their photos and that onto the like main screen. And then what happens is the panelists basically critique the photos and award prizes to the winner. Wow. It is a very fun. Full As someone blown, who has yeah. formerly participated, I had a very good time. Yeah. It's a great way for, like, as a cosplayer or a photographer, to meet other people. Yeah, Because absolutely. you literally are forced to meet someone. You are forced to have a photo shoot. You're forced, yeah. You are forced. It is required. <laughs> um, it has become so popular because it's happened for a couple of years in a row now. It's become so popular that, unfortunately... We did have to cut off like so we only had 13 teams. We couldn't make more teams than that. So unfortunately, there were some cosplayers that couldn't get um, that didn't get to partner off with photographers. There are some photographers that didn't get to partner off with cosplayers. But it was one of the things that um, Nerd Caliber's crew learned early when they first did this is that they can't just make unlimited number of teams because realistically we need to be able to critique and like that's got to be like we we have to be able to to get to everybody. Yeah. 
Um, and we we just barely got to get to everybody and oh have a winner by the time it was like, okay, now we got to go. Bye. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it was fine. We we paced it well. Good. Good. What would be... Uh, very fun. What were some of the winners of the shootout? So we had two winners. One of them was the um, panelist winners, and the other one was the audience vote winner. And actually, Ash is in, in your chat. Um, was one of the cosplayers in the um in the audience view win yeah she said she had a great time at the shootout yeah yeah it was super fun and then the winners of i don't actually know the names of the winners because unfortunately i wasn't the one who was data collecting but the winners on the panelist side um we chose a photo where the photographer and the cosplayers made use of this very cool um orangish light that was present mm. at um like a snack concession area in the convention show floor but it, it they worked so well with the characters they worked so well with the staging um and the the photographer was able to like you know cue up the the isometrics so that um none of the characters looked blown out and the color really popped so it was like Fabulous camera work, good framing, and good posing. So we were really proud of of the people who 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 did that piece. That being wow. said, there were quite a few um, quite a few images that I was really enamored with. Um, but all of the images are going to be up on the Nerd Caliber website. So if you are curious and you want to check out all of the entries and you want to see the winners specifically, um, you can go to nerdcaliber.com and that should be up. In the next few days. Mm, okay. I want you to know I am not spawned by I am not sponsored by Nerd Caliber. I am just a big fan. Yeah. Yeah, I get to we get to chat with uh first person shooter for a little bit when you brought over the those impeccable and incredible Soul Rock and Lunatone coffee. Jeez. Uh. Yeah. So, so that's, that's one of my, my favorite things is that at this convention, I have been, red is not quite the word for it. I have been teased a little bit because I have taken it upon myself to be like the low key advertisement for my friends, uh, especially my friends who may not necessarily remember that they need to advertise for themselves. So like Rocket Props, for example, has a new beveling tool that aids in um, in making like very specific angled bevels for your foam work and your foam crafting. And it's right. like very easy, like just pop your pop your blade into this this tool, set the angle and like no stress. You get it every time. It's called the Bev All. And it's like super, super cool. And so he tried to like sell it at the panel, but he was being like coy about it. So it's just like, okay, if you're going to be coy about it, I'm going to make it a, into a commercial. Like I'm <laughs> on it, um, which everyone can check out by going to Rocket Props on Instagram to get more information uh, and direct links for the Bev All if you're interested. Um, and similarly, the same thing happened for um, for Nerd Caliber. So um, you were talking about how we saw some really great Pokemon cosplayers on the show floor on, I want to say Saturday. And when I saw them, I was like, oh my God, you guys look phenomenal. You look so good. And they were like, oh my gosh, thanks, thanks. And I'm like, have you guys had your picture taken by Nerd Caliber yet? And they were like, I 
sitting there, the two of them were like, I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I practically dragged them. I was like, come, you come drag with me. them over. Come with me and have your costumes professionally photographed for free, please, because you have such good costumes and these need to be archived. It's free. Like, I'm, I don't work for them. I'm just a friend. And I drag them across the these lobby. These must be documented. Basically, I dragged them across the lobby and was like, okay, Nerd Caliber, I, I, I did a thing. Please photograph these people. Please give them your business card because they've never heard of you. You need to, like, you need to get all their information. Please and thank you. Okay, bye. And I literally, as... I like dropped them off and was like, okay, have fun. Buy new convention friends. Like, like a parent. Bye. Yeah. You dropped them off. I dropped them off to school and then, <laughs> and then I went to work. <laughs> oh my God. Make sure you check your lunchbox. I left you a note. Oh my God. It's right next to the YooHoo <laughs> juice oh, box. Oh man. Um, all right. That definitely happened. That did happen. I was there. You were witness. I was a witness. I, I, I think saw... I was a fish at that time. I think that's what I was cosplaying. Yes. You, you, yes, you were in your. I magic think at carpet. that point I was maximum comfort, and I just kept yelling, "I'm a fish." I'm a f- yes. Can't confirm. My ears were. My ears are still ringing. I was just uh, so happy to be comfortable <laughs> after what I was wearing earlier. I was so happy to be comfortable. I didn't realize you were wearing Mr. Mime that earlier that day. I'm like, oh, oh no! Oh my god, my Mr. Mime cosplay from Pokemon was a choice because first of all i was a clown first of all i was a clown second of all i was mr mime so i was determined to have everyone be afraid and or hate me which was fun um genuinely a good time but what made it challenging was i was wearing a jester hat that was supposed to invoke mr mime's bizarre and stupid hairstyle but instead looked cool and fashionable but unfortunately it was very large and the problem wasn't so much weight as it was just like it was unwieldy, especially when I took it to the expo hall because people were bumping into me or like I yeah. couldn't turn my head. So like turning corners was a challenge because I didn't want to just like straight up bonk people. Yeah. So by like 2 p.m. I was like, all right, um, I'm done. I'm done with this. Yeah. I'm going to go home. And so I literally, I went home, swiped my makeup off, changed my clothes, came back in uh, in one of my Magikarp hoodie dresses. So it was still like, it was to me casual cosplay, but it was still very much cosplay. Sure. And then I just yeah. was so excited. I was back by 4 p.m. yelling at people that I was a fish because I was just so happy to be comfy. Yeah. No, I I, I could definitely get that sentiment. Comfort com- is... Com- Close Comfort to is king. Comfort yeah. is king. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Back to, I mean, there's only really two things I can talk about before we go into other stuff that we both saw at the con because I did mm. a lot of hanging around with friends. Um. Fr- was it Friday? It was Friday. Friday, I finally oh. met Pasha Cosplay. Oh, really? After being friends online for five years. Yes, say. Where, where she was she was one of the NPCs from Breath of the Wild with the crazy flower lady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, yeah, yeah. So it, it was spot on. It was spot awesome. on. And she awesome. had a sign she had a sign up 
something something about not the flowers or something. But um, rest assured, uh, me and her are going to get together. Okay. To do a podcast together. She even mentioned it, and that made me really happy. Like, oh, you you actually still want to do? It. Of course. She she had a lot of stuff going on that prevented her from doing that. Sure. Um, and then. Saturday, before I met up with you guys, later in that day, I spent a good chunk of the day with um, Midge Cosplay and Hyperchai. Mm-hmm. They're great. I love them. I adore them. Two bits and pieces. And they were, oh, no. She pressed the button again. Oh, no. Oh, God. Uh, don't, don't mind me. I just got to pull up the window and pray to God she... Did you hit the button again? No, I didn't hit any button. Something. <gasps> okay. Out. Oh no. Well, in any case. All's well. I'm back. She's back. Um, Midge was dressed up as Sylveon, and mm-hmm. Hyperchai was Tails. Yep. We, Super we just, cute, both of them. Yeah, we walked around a bunch. We actually, I, we stood in line at the Pokemon booth to get. Um, essentially, they were showing off, you know, playing the trading card game, which. I mean, we 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 learned about it, and I gotta tell you, even after I played it and won, mm-hmm. didn't understand what the fuck I was doing. Like, I'm not a big trading card game person. Sorry. So yeah, when I got really excited when I saw that there was gonna be a Pokemon booth, and then I that excitement immediately turned to disappointment because it was only a trading card game. Yeah, booth. and then like, like when you that's it. And I felt like such a waste of opportunity because yeah. it could have been what could have been, especially with all the like hype for the DLC of um, Pokemon um, Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet. Like there was so much that could have been that I guess they were just like, yeah, we already have their money. <laughs> this is true. I feel like Nintendo has pulled back from conventions a lot and it makes me sad because i really really like when they're there because they always have high production value and their booths this year were just kind of meh you know yeah they just i mean they have the money to please the fans they just don't wanna yeah because then they had they had another i think it was the splatoon check-in point where they had a pop-up where you could take photos with mario and luigi Right. It was, also, it was also a center for, I think, the Nintendo versus competition that were going on. Yeah, but it just, it wasn't that, I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it just, it didn't sound No, me. I mean, like, could it? It was just meh. Literally, like, the last thing, I think we were both there. We No, we would have had to have been, because it was um 2020 before the world shut down, and they had the giant they Animal Crossing They hyped up. Animal Crossing, yeah. Their 2020 presence was phenomenal their animal crossing booth was legendary because at pax 2020 it was maybe a couple of weeks it was not even it was probably like i feel like the next week the world yeah two weeks the world shut down it was two (laughs) weeks before the release of animal crossing um and they were so big their demos were beautiful there, they had a mascot Tom Nook out and a mascot yep. Isabel out. They had this beautiful sprawling interactive area. It like there was a long line just to get into the area to explore. Yep. It 
was phenomenal to so go like from sh- that and then in a scant three years to go to like what we had i'm like nintendo you have money you have done yeah. beautiful things before why are you disappointing me so much come on yeah, yeah bring was... back my beautiful presentation yeah it was yeah because i remember they i think they had like a storefront too oh my god they had everything i wanted a breath of the wild live immersive experience i wanted a flipping epona petting zoo i don't care (laughs) i just wanted it and i didn't get it and i sound like you know some spoiled little brat but come on nintendo where where yeah that's me being a petulant child to, yeah, I. Yeah. They, they could they could have at least have done maybe something big with like a setup for, for Tears of the Kingdom, but like, Wah. people were half expecting like, oh my god, are they actually going to show the game? Like, no, no, no. Without, are you without, kidding me? Without Nintendo speaking, has that in a vault. the with, The first and only time that you are going to see genuine gameplay is the release day. Yeah, and besides, let's say they did. What are the other you're gonna play the damn game? Me personally, line would have been out the window. Me personally, play the game. Oh, oh, you mean like, what are the odds that you would get to play the demo at PAX? Oh, let's say if there was, you would be, you would get in line as soon as the expo hall opened, and you'd still be waiting in that line for five hours. Yeah, yeah, because it would would be popular. You you better hope your Sunday is booked wide open because you want to go in there. It would be wicked popular. I don't know why they didn't do it. Nintendo, you could have just had all of our money. How very dare you. Um, <laughs> the other game that I got to see, which honestly, this is showing my bias. And it's showing it. It's, I, I got to talk Please with tell the... Me. I got to talk with the developers of Coffee Talk Episode 2. Oh, nice. I specifically got to have an interview with the lead writer. Oh, cool. For the game. And... um. He would explain to me how he was um, outsourced, like hired on as a freelancer at the start before being being brought on onto the team. Um, they were surprised at the attention and acclaim that the first game got. Mm-hmm. And then we were just coming over things like I asked him what his favorite character was. And he said the police officer was his favorite one to write. Um, he mentioned his favorite coffee drink that he likes to have from the game, which is eh. and it's the Spanish Sahara. Okay. Um, and then I detailed like stuff that happened in the demo, mentioning new drinks, new characters, um, more featured with your phone. They had like a, a like a, a quote unquote like like stories option where you could view like live update from the other characters in the game. Um, and then I actually got to meet with one of the other people from the game where we sort of formed like a budding friendship on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So we were very excited to finally meet each other. Um, you know, she like I would I would explain to them like I'm coming to my appointment a little early just because, and they were like, "Wait, are you blue?" I was like, "Yes." Was like, why didn't you say so? It was like we could have gotten you set up and ready to go. Ah. Um. So I tried out that game. I tried out another game, which is like a tactics war mech game that they're also helping create, and oh, cool. that got me a free tote bag. And then nice. the audience is not going to see this because I'm not turning on my webcam for this. But um, then she goes, one of the girls at the booth goes, do you have her apron? Because, you know, they, they have oh, like I heard about merch. this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And so she literally goes behind the table and she pulls out a coffee truck apron wrapped up and they were like, here you go. And I was like, no way. And yeah, like, yeah take it. Take it. It's like, okay, thank you. Excellent. Exquisite. So I now have an apron that apparently I was telling my friend that like, give me an excuse to cook more if I'm going to wear it more. There you go. Have, now you have to. I haven't worn it yet. So I'll take a picture. Well, that means you haven't point. cooked yet. Yeah. Get cooking. Um, also somewhat similar. I just found it similar in presentation to a game called um, Papers, Please. Wait, where tell me more. Where essentially, like, as you serve the characters your coffee, sometimes they can actually leave you items. Either okay, all right, they, that's what you mean. Either Yeah, either they forget items or mm-hmm. they leave you items to give to other characters later on in the game. Um, Anytime a game is compared to a Lucas Pope game is a good time. <laughs> uh, I mean, like, I had previously played the demo when they yeah. had reached out for free. Um, and then they actually, oh, this was, um, what am I reading here? Oh, so I was curious about, so like the music immediately brought me back. It's like, I, I listen to the coffee talk music as like my bedtime music when I go to sleep. It's that relaxing. It lo-fi stuff, man. Yeah. So I, w- I asked, you know, about the music and like, yeah. unsure if the lead writer was able to answer this. And they're like, oh, no, the music was actually like done in a couple of months. It's like, what? All right. <laughs> okay. And then somebody I was might busy. actually, I might actually yeah, I might actually reach out to the composer on Twitter to ask more questions because you should. He gave me their, he gave me his at. And then like, I got their demo kit. Cool. And then all free bags of coffee. Instant Tap. coffee that I've cooked that I've already now yeah now up. you can cook it with your apron. Well, I mean they're they're all gone now, but no no you're right I could. That was Let another thing believe. I got. I got. Let me believe. I got a I got a I got a bag of coffee beans okay. themed around um you know drinking coffee at a tabletop D and D night. Oh fun! It was like many 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 worlds tavern I believe with the vendor that was there. That sounds right. Yeah, that so sounds I right. I got. I got their uh, Dragon's Nest flavored coffee. Oh, nice. Um, so it's very fruity and floral notes in it. Um, very can I tell good. You, can I tell you the most self-congratulatory thing I did at PAX? All right. What did you do? I purchased merch that I myself was responsible for making. Context. <laughs> What, what merch what merch okay you know you know how um do you you know the booth bo- i can talk you know the booth foam brain games wait they're one of the um dice booths i think i bought something from them for my friend you probably did they're the they're the booth that had the um the inflatable unicorn pool toy that was, was just was, like was, lousy with dice was, was one of their was one of their products like dice bags? Yes. That had like class names embroidered onto them? I don't remember. It's possible. Probably, it was probably them because I brought my friend a dice bag with the druid class emblem on it because that's the character that they're going to roll in d That also yes. sounds like a product that they would have. So I, I don't know definitively, but it sounds like them. Okay. So, so I am I'm friends with the owners. Uh, okay. Many years ago... Uh, we were. I was vending at a convention that they were vending at, 
and they hired me as uh, one of their graphic artists to design enamel pins for them. And so I designed some enamel pins for them. It It has to be like 10 or so designs that I did for them over over like a period of a year right and they had three of them uh in reprint available for purchase um and one of them was exactly the one that i wanted it's um it was my pride lion pin it's literally a rainbow lion it says pride underneath it oh nice Uh, oh it's so cute like i that was the design i did like on a whim they didn't even tell me they wanted it i was just like hey i drew this because you wanted to do some pride pins and then i decided to draw this do you want to buy this design they were like sold um (laughs) so i had lent my pride pin to a friend of mine a couple like a week or so ago and she has forgotten to return it but i miss it because i put my pride lion on my office lanyard and so I was like, good Lord, I want my Pride Lion back. Let me just rebuy one. And so now my friend can keep the original and I'll have this one. Perfect. Yeah. And then there were two unicorn pins that I had made for them in the past, but they reissued them and with glitter. Oh, no. So I was like, heck, yes, I'm going to rebuy them. But the glitter edition, like, oh, my God, that's so <laughs> baller. So I check out, right? I, I spend the money. And then I happen to see one of the owners like walking past and I was just like oh Andrew hi and then I start like talking and chatting him up and I was like look at me I'm being so like self-congratulatory and he was just like wait you already bought that I would have just given them to you for free and I was like no let me support the company yeah um but then we started we started talking a little bit and um potential I'll reach out to him again but he he was interested in collabing again um so potentially you'll get to see more of my designs available for foam grain games i don't they treat me very well um they wind up buying my designs, so i don't get royalties for every um for everything that's like every design that's purchased or like every pin that's purchased i don't get royalties but they know that if they sell out of my pins then that means that i'm a very important and valued artist and they might want to work with me again again and again and again exactly 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 so that was my self-congratulatory moment at pax and i regret nothing I was very. I had. I. I mean, excited. clearly, I had no idea. Otherwise, I probably would have looked at more at the pins. But uh, yeah, wow. don't worry. I'll. I'll like I'll remember at, that for next time. At some juncture, I will. I will send you all of like the the pantheon of pins I've designed for them, so you can be like, oh my god, yeah. they're very cute. Um, um, I have some games that I saw that I want to like just shout out as being sure. worthy give, to give keep an eye one, on. Cause yeah, give me like one. We'll get to that. I promise. Okay. Okay. The last place I visited on my shishir was a company called Sub2R. Um, they handle making equipment. Um, particularly, they were showing off their special glasses that they've made that actually like help give off melatonin to help you sleep as you like, game and like either game or content creation. So there was that. Um, this really elaborate like camera mounting system that they have, as well as um, a portable green screen. Okay. They were, they were showing off, and they were showing off videos of like bringing the green screen to the beach and having it work, and like through like external battery packs and whatever. That's um, cool. So it's very interesting, very fascinating stuff. Um, the the price it had me a little bit shocked, but though not completely surprised. So I I was I held off on buying it 
said the guy who's going to be spending close to $400 on the new Switch. It'll be fine. Don't worry about it. It'll be fine. No, no, no. New job. I new job. Everything's fine. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's totally fine, fine now. And then, so in addition to the dice bag, I actually brought my other friend uh, a booth, I believe it was Geekify. Mm-hmm. And stuff. It's, it's funny. So I bought for my friend a cloth map of the map of Mordor or Middle Earth for Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Huge, huge token nerd. But the other thing that they had was these um books. They had like classic books like Aragon, like The Hobbit, The Similarian, in like leather bound, like custom made leather bounded. That's cool. One of the friends that I was with on uh, Thursday, um, we stopped Thursday or Friday. We stopped by the booth because I wanted to buy the map. And one of my friends is hugely into The Witcher, <laughs> and they Did saw they, have a copy? One, they had a copy of the book. However, they were um, they essentially signed up to essentially have their own version custom made, as well as being told that yeah, we're gonna look into maybe doing the other books. There's oh. like apparently, there's apparently like oh. eight books. There's like eight books in the Witcher series. Oh yeah, the and series is huge. It's it's basically like one shy of being the Dark Tower. These and like they're not cheap. So no. my, my so I I did not expect this. Like I dragged the two of them with me to like buy the map, and they were just staring at like the books. And then like they also have like Neopet like tapestry, or maybe there was another booth I'm thinking of. But anyway, so she she she. <laughs> she like begrudgingly buys the first book and like add and put on a list for the other books. And I go, I'm sorry, or you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, not sure which <laughs> one, which whichever one works. Probably gonna be spending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's really so, funny. Um. All right. What game did you happen to play? Okay, so here are here are my top four that I played or saw be played. Um, that I'm like the most hyped for in no particular order. Um, Romancevania is a game that is, like it says on the tin, a um, Metroidvania game. Uh, the advantage of it is that oh, it has, it's already out, so you can play it now. Um, it well, has a romance element to it. Like, so it's somewhere between, like, a Metroidvania game and a little bit, like, not quite dating sim, but, like, you kind of get, you kind of get it. Um, oh So it, it's, it has some serious waifus and husbandos and not for oh nothing. Oh, boy. Yeah. Did you see pictures? Well, no. The, oh. hilar the hilarious thing. And I'll, I'll let you continue. I promise. The hilarious thing. You know, I was telling my coworkers, you know, about uh -huh. the, the con, uh -huh. that, like how it was. He goes over the phone and he's like, huh, taxis? Like, yeah. One of my friends at the con debuting <laughs> a game that they were working on. You know, Romantical Vance, like, what? Oh, no way. So you work with someone. Yeah, well, because I work funny with, is, yeah, one of my coworkers. live like very close by they're locals to to massachusetts so he, so yeah so my coworker is going to reach out to his friend who worked on romansylvania to maybe hook me up with either maybe either game footage copy of the game or like me being able to ask questions like holy shit yes please <laughs> yeah i'm actually reaching out to them because uh 
uh, me and the the devs got to talking because there are two devs. They're a husband wife duo. We got okay. to talking, and I might be cosplaying. And by might, I mean like I'm definitely gonna cosplay. My, <laughs> I'm gonna be cosplaying as one of the waifus, and so um, they're gonna get me some um, 360 views of the character so that I can oh, have wow. more accurate cosplay, which is very very cool. What was very funny is there was a T-shirt on Sunday that I like wanted to purchase because it was very funny and it was one of the t-shirts that they had that they were selling um so i went up to like the dev because they're a small company uh and the dev was also manning the booth and so i went up and i was like trying to to talk about like getting a t-shirt but we wound up just talking about other things including the fact that i was going to be cosplaying and he was like oh yeah my wife was telling me about that and so then just like on a on a lark, he just like he's like, what T-shirt size are you? And he grabs the T-shirt that I wanted. And I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect because I I was literally I got Aww. your attention because I wanted to buy this T-shirt. So and it is wicked comfy, too. So I'm a big fan. So that I wanted to to spotlight that for a moment. I wanted to spotlight the game Haunt and Seek. That one's not out yet. You've Haunt mentioned this Seek. on your stream. Yeah. Yeah. It is um, by a, a very tiny company called Small Games. <laughs> i think they're Go like figure. i think they're literally like two people strong on the dev side obviously they have more people like who actually developed the game but just like they're a very tiny company they wanted to make a game that had spooky vibes but not scary vibes which i really need in my life so basically they pitch it as being somewhere between like haunted mansion meets luigi's mansion but also hide and seek. Mm -hmm. It is meant to be like collaborative land party realness. It is a up to four V one um, where up to four people can play as ghosts and one person plays as the mortal. Uh, the ghosts have to hide stuff in a mansion okay. and the mortal has to find the stuff. Uh, the mortal is first person perspective, which makes it very challenging to like actually navigate the house. Whereas the ghosts have basically like almost more like a, a top down perspective. Okay. Uh, so it's easier for the ghosts to navigate and the ghosts win by, um, by haunting the mortal enough and the mortal wins by either like capturing all the ghosts basically by highlighting them with their flashlight or finding all of the um all the hidden items. Okay. And it is a wildly fun game. I appreciate it again because it's collaborative. Um it's got like so much opportunity for for multi-stream. Um and what I like the most is it is a spooky game, not a scary game. So I'm a big fan. Yeah. Um Let's see. I've got two other games that I want to just highlight real quick. Sure. Um, one of them is a Corgi rescue game. I haven't actually gotten to demo this one because it's only three months into dev. Um, but it is a very cute game where you play as a Corgi. Uh, I that like that. It's it's exactly what I want in a game where you are a little tiny puppers with no knees. And what I like about the the company is that um, a portion of the proceeds go specifically to um, to that rescuing. That does sound familiar. I would. Yeah. They, reached, they, they reached had out. they had a uh, a presence last year, 
and they had a mobile game, but this game is yeah. a PC game. They yeah, they reached out if I wanted to stop by the booth. It didn't really grab me or interest me at the time, but I definitely Well, it's very kawaii desk. I have a streamer pass um like for for the demo. They have it in a little gold envelope. That's another booth where I bought some merch from because they had some very cute Korg merch and I'm a sucker for cute. Um, yep. Speaking of sucker, that's my fourth game that I wanted to highlight at PAX. Um, it is the sequel to Sucker for Love. Have you heard of the game Sucker for Love? I'm, I'm wish, based on I your wish, silence. I feel like you have not. Wasn't I, I with devastated. you at the booth? You may have been. Um, Maybe. So last year. Did you see this? Last year, Sucker for Love uh, one came out, was being uh, was being promoted and demoed at PAX East. And it came out maybe in the summertime or like late summer, I think it came out, maybe just in, in the early fall. Mm. And it is basically a Cthulhu mythos horror dating sim. I feel like I was at it's the booth. So the good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Um, it is point and click. I love it. Um, and I was a big fan of the game itself. What was very cool is apparently there is a sequel, not just one. There are two sequels coming, but there is one sequel that's coming sometime in 2022, Um, We got to talk to the artist slash game dev, and he is amazing. I could talk to that guy for hours. We practically did talk to him for hours. Yeah. It was at least an hour that we just like hung around talking to him because right. we just got into the weeds. Like we loved it. Um he works for like an like there's a an umbrella company that uh basically uh, adopts baby uh devs that are looking to get their spooky games off the ground um so the umbrella oh, company just, features spooky games that's just really funny actually because i think toge production the the people that you call they do a similar yeah, like, it's actually, like, it's very common. Like, oh, yeah, a similar fun to get like small game devs, specifically ones out of Indonesia, to like get their game abroad. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's that's what's up with Sucker for Love. So Sucker for Love Two is coming out sometime in twenty twenty three. Um, the protagonist is different, which is very exciting. Um, it's a whole new set of Cthulhu mythos uh, waifus that you can romance. Um, so that game is mostly like, it's pretty far along in production. So you can expect the greatness there. Um, apparently they're already in contract for a sucker for love three, but there's not much information that oh the uh, artist slash dev could tell me, but I am very excited is all I can say. Uh, the gameplay is a little bit more interactive than the previous game. And so I'm very much looking forward to it. So that's my little <laughs> hype. Those are the those are the four titles that I have my eyeballs on, and you should too. Yeah. All right. Um, the other thing that I have written down here, and I and I kind of I kind of just quickly like jotted down stuff when I was taking a break, mm. uh, just sitting down and charging my phone. Uh, like cosplay themes that kind of dominated this year. Um, Pokemon yeah, Genshin. It, well, yep, Genshin's on that list. Uh, some League of Legends, 
Pokemon yeah, matchup. there's always League, but it wasn't as big as it has been in previous years. Well, that was the thing that I would almost kind of look around and like, I think either I wasn't looking hard, I probably wasn't looking hard enough, but like certain days are probably just better primed to like debut cosplay because Thursday, gonna, Friday, I feel like I saw I'm going to tell you right now, there was a lot less cosplay this year than in previous years. So it wasn't, I wasn't imagining it. Okay. You're not imagining it because I asked the photographers at Nerd Caliber who positioned themselves in the front lobby taking photos of people as they come right. in or like invite them in, you know, they were saying that the cosplay has been a bit on the decline in the last few years. And there's no, like, they don't know the reason any better than I do. But it's yeah. just it's just an observation is that there's not as much or it's not, you know, there are more there the ratio of people cosplaying to people in um civilian clothing is is it's going down. Huh. Okay. I don't I'm sure there are one of a billion they... reasons why. Right. But, um but you're not going crazy. Did they did they specifically mention like the cosplay presence at PAX East or just like in general? At PAX East was the conversation because like of course you go to places right. like Katsukon or Anime Boston and yeah. you're gonna be you're gonna be lousy with cosplay. You're gonna be like nose deep in cosplay and that you that is because that's what those cons are like that's their main draw. Or at least for towards, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's what that's what they are about. Paxis used to be super flashy, really big, big debuts, cosplay everywhere. Yeah. But it's been it's been decreasing in like in in recent years, according to Nerd Caliber. And I I trust them because again, they they see more than I do. And I literally, when I when I asked them, I was like, this Hey, is, is you guys know everybody. Is it me? Or and they were like, nope, it's not you. This is a trend that we are observing as well. Like things are, things are a little bit slow. Like gotta, in previous years, they were very busy, lots of photo shoots. But this year, it's been it was a lot slower. I I almost want to say that this most likely probably started when the pandemic started. Probably, it probably has That's some elements reaction. of pandemic. Yeah. It probably has some elements of like in the past conventions were the way to get your costume seen but with the rise of increasing reach from social media like tiktok insta facebook what well less less so facebook but um there's not as much of a need to use a convention to be to debut your costume um mm. and then of course there's you know just burnout cosplay a couple years ago really hit um like the cultural mainstream and when it hit the mainstream it became like hugely popular like people like there used to be a time where you said the word cosplay and folks were like what is that and that you know that wasn't so long ago but now you say the word cosplay and everyone knows what you mean like cosplay yeah. has become shorthand for um just dressing up as anything so halloween it's not your halloween costume it's what are you cosplaying as like it's become a mainstream word and yeah. so when it became mainstream, you had a huge influx of participants, which I think happened like its peak was maybe a couple of years ago. But now you're just starting to see like with anything if the fad is starting to dwindle and it's not maybe as popular as it used to be. 
And that's that's fine. It just it's possible that cosplay is going to re-enter that dormant period where, you know, it's it's back to being a, a subgenre of our culture as opposed to like the main Maybe. event. You know what I yeah. mean? Who knows? I don't want to be fatalistic about cosplay. I just think Oh my that... god, is my show nearing its final days? <laughs> no, no. I don't think it's ever gonna go away because I just want you to remember that the Star Wars conventions of the 1970s were very strong with cosplay. I don't think cosplay is going anywhere, but I do think that um, conventions may not see as, like, especially conventions that are geared to a very specific genre, like video games, may not see as much cosplay as they have in years past. I, could I would love that. to be yeah. wrong, though. No, this yeah. This is just me talking out my butt. Yeah, I feel like yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with everything you said and you heard from Nerd Caliber and good, good, good that I'm not going crazy. You're not going yeah. crazy. It's not just you. A lot of us oh, were yeah, like, were... hey, it's a little quiet here on the cosplay front, right? Yeah. Uh, I saw like Pokemon Star Wars mashups. Oh, um, yeah. Elden Ring had a presence. Not too surprised. Got a lots war of um, of Silent Hill and Resident Evil stuff, but that's to be expected with the upcoming game re-releases. I didn't see any Silent Hill, but I did see some Resident what? Evil stuff. Yeah. Did you oh. not see a billion pyramid ads? You did. Oh my god! I saw none. Oh my god! I saw like practically a roving band of pyramid ads. I was looking in the wrong spot. You were looking in the wrong direction. I was, I would know. I was. Oh, oh, you, you weren't looking in the fog. That's where they were. They were in the uh, fog. That's, I was just in the expo hall every yeah, single day. Yeah, you yeah. had to, you had to go into the fog. Uh huh. Mm, that was your problem. I saw a couple of Leons. Sure. A couple of Avas. Yeah. Uh, saw a couple of Kratos with no boy. Yeah, one of my friends dressed up as Kratos. Yeah, we saw. Um, I think you you mentioned this in your stream yesterday, but we both saw a Ralse from Delta Room. Yes, and he was so what a pure pure cosplayer, yeah. and what a pure pure costume. It was a very good costume, but the cosplayer themselves was just like so adorable. They were so cute and kind. Yeah, I saw I saw a Cuphead, probably the same Cuphead every single day. Um. Which, hey, more power to them. They're able to wear the same thing for three days straight without washing it. Oh, my God. You don't know they didn't wash it. You're just guessing. I'm just guessing. I'm just guessing. And uh, expected Breath of the Wild Zelda was there. Oh, of course. Expected. Um, those were pretty much like the main series where I saw a lot of cosplay from, honestly. I think... Um, Genshin was probably the main one that I saw. Genshin was the dominant force. Like Genshin and it, overtook. It's convenient because there are a lot of online stores that sell Genshin cosplay. So that one, that particular um, game has been more accessible for cosplaying because like there are some games where like you just can't really cosplay from them because you're either making the cosplay yourself or you're closet cosplaying it. Um, but because you can also purchase Genshin cosplay and they look good, you had some folks who made theirs, some folks who bought theirs, some folks who closet cosplayed theirs, but you, 
no matter how you slice it, it was just more prevalent. Yeah. Ugh. What else? What else about the con? Hmm. Do you have anything? No, I gave you my exhaustive list. <laughs> and I mean exhausted. Your girl's tired. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm getting there. I'm getting there too. Um, but it, I mean, it's definitely a con that I'm going to continue to go to because I always have oh, such naturally. a fun time. Um, you know, definitely like I mentioned earlier, like plan for next year, like closer hotel, stay till Monday, maybe try my hand at the at a Smash Brothers tournament if they have one again because apparently they were giving away ten thousand dollars. Holy <laughs> Moses, that's good. <laughs> hey, somebody got a lot of money. Good for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they had One of my friends straight up got a new computer. Yeah, yeah. One of one of our I Spectra literally won a thousand dollars to new. Oh, eggs. I wasn't I wasn't even talking about him. No, no, I know. No, I, I think your friend ran into us. Yeah, so they, Intel, yeah. yeah, Intel basically like looked at her computer because she did the BYOC, bring your own computer. Um, Intel looked at her computer, was like, mm, that's old and outdated. Let's do better. And then invited her up on stage and she designed her own computer in front of everybody on stage as part of the Intel booth. And she walked away with like, you know, a tricked out top of the line new computer for freebies. And I'm just like, oh my God. So happy for you, Brendo. Super oh jello. God. Super happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I never. Again, I get just because of like the stuff that I'm there at the con to do. So like, I don't really have the time to like you know, enter the raffles or go so, back. You know, and, like, it, some people do those things. Some people do other things. You know, yeah. like, I'm sure there are other people who would love to have the time to interview game devs and talk to cosplayers, but they don't. It's everyone has a completely vastly different pack experience. It's just the way way of everyone's life, right? Like, I know there's I there's know a whole tabletop area. That people take advantage of even after the expo floor closes, that game like tabletop gaming still goes strong for hours on end. So like yeah. there are so many different experiences that you can have at PAX. Yeah. That's I'm, why I'm, I love like going to that con. Exactly. Yeah. There's lit literally something for everyone there. It was yeah. uh I think um what was it? Midge and Hyperchai were telling me how I believe they went to the no, they went to the Final Fantasy 14 panel, but they wanted to go to the 16 panel because Final Fantasy 16 had a panel there. Yeah, there were some pretty big Final Fantasy panels happening. Yeah. Um, I think they were all on the main stage. Yeah. Because those are big. I yeah, didn't go I was, to any main stage things this year. I didn't go to any panels, period. Uh, How <laughs> dare. Too, How dare. Don't. No. No. Oh, I'm not no, going to shame no. you. I'm just being silly. I thought you were going to shame me for not going to your panel. No, you got okay. stuff to do. I don't even, I don't, I don't, I don't require my friends to go to my panels. It is, it is nice if they can, but I'm not going to require it because that would be psychotic of me. Yeah. <laughs> um, shoot, what was I going to say? That I'm great. Thank you. This is yeah, you are great. You're wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, thank um, you. 
That is that is so kind to say and completely unprompted too. <laughs> <laughs> totally unprompted. Totally unprompted. Um shit. Now whatever. <laughs> I have that effect on people. Um something about I get the mid and hyper try stayed and watched like the Splatoon tournament that they had going on. Oh yeah. Um they were Hyper Chai was trying to talk herself into not being guilty and or not feeling like she missed out on the giant Final Fantasy 16 bag that everyone got when they went to the panel. Yeah, like, it's, I it's don't need easy. it. It's I easy to it. get a little bit FOMO for stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm probably still gonna get the game, but it only comes out in like three months. Sure. It's coming out real soon. Yeah. Um Oh, I guess to wrap it up, what did you think of? Because I, I personally loved it. I mean, like I got, I got a hoodie and comfy jogger lounge pants uh, from the merch booth. But what did you think of the overall uh, theme for PAX this year? I loved the theme this year. It was yeah. retro VHS tape blockbuster theming. And I loved it. I was actually talking. I think you were part. You were part of the conversation when I was talking about how there was the year at PAX where it was like '90s theme, and the badges looked like Gak. And just from a graphic design point of view, it looked horrible. Um, this year, I had the absolute opposite effect. It was nostalgia done right. Everything it really was. looked like it was late 80s early 90s in yeah. the signage but it was like really really well done it was like even if you didn't know that it they were like referencing blockbuster in some of their signs or referencing like a vhs tape um in some of their signs it just looked good um so my yeah. props to the design department i thought it, the theme was very very cool not that it was integrated in anything other than just like the visuals of signage and badge design and some merch because i mean oh yeah there were was, some merch because there were pins that were cassette tapes and that was cool was, as heck because that yeah this was a legit conversation i had with midge and hyper chai where you know we were talking about like i was telling them like oh yeah i got the hoodie i got the jar I'm like oh lucky you they're already sold out of the hoodie they sell really out of stuff. They always sell out very quickly <laughs> of their um of their theme merch, but this year even more so than previous years because I think a lot of people were really enamored with the design choices. Yeah. I never buy the pack specific merch because I just am not super motivated by things right. like I, that. But I was yeah, I was I was half motivated because I even I even like donated slash got rid of a pair of joggers and some hoodies of mine to make room for nice. the ones that i grabbed nice i got too many hoodies and it'll never stop no such um, thing but get more even 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 last year with this i love the space cadet theme of last year i'm trying to remember oh yeah that was fun i did like that one because i even got a, i got a, i got a t-shirt from there from the merch booth yeah um themed because i think because we were talking about you mentioned that you know there was one 90s theme where you said the badge had like what gack or slime on it. Yeah, it was supposed to be like gack or slime, and it just like yeah. graphically it just looked awful. No, 
I was saying, like, I don't think I liked too much the uh, summer camp theme they had one year. Oh, see, I could get behind that. Um, but again, it was, it, it's, it's what is your cup of tea for exactly. like, or for that kind of stuff. So every year is a new opportunity to see like, oh my gosh, am I going to love it or am I going to hate it? And if you don't yeah, love it, it's, it's not a big deal because it's not overly like in your face pervasive. It just means like, am I going to fight people on Friday to get in line for merch? That's all. I'm, I'm curious to not only because. This year, the merch sold out really fast. That's that's all I'm going to say. Right. So I think I think this year's uh, merch was was well accepted. Yeah, I'm like I'm I'm looking at the the lounge, uh, long pants I have, and it's like yeah, this is good good design overall. Good stuff. Um, cause I'm trying to think if PAX East is the first of the Penny Arcade Expos to hit this year, or does one come before? Because I'm curious as to like when, how soon are we gonna see the next year's theme? Oh, I don't know. I'm not sure. Because I don't know if this would they debut the theme, or maybe they do it ahead of time. I don't like know. As they as they ramp up, I don't know. Have to wait and see, I guess. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. Find that, out at con. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you saying that got me real. It, I'm gonna get even more hyped as the next wave comes. By like, oh, what's the theme gonna be? What's the theme gonna be? Are we gonna love it or are we gonna hate it? We'll find out. We'll find mm -hmm. out. And on that note. I think that's uh, Ashley's saying it was 2019, I think, with the slime. Yeah, that checks uh, out. Yeah, that checks out. Yeah. On that note, um, I think this is a perfect time to wrap up. Sounds good um, to me. The episode. Uh, hope I didn't keep you too long. Yeah, I um, gotta make dinner. That's that's okay. You know what? You Never got food to look forward to. <laughs> Put on my apron. I already had dinner, but I'm definitely going to put on my apron at some point. I'm definitely going to take a picture and put it on Instagram or something. Do it, do it, um, do it. So, again, Mink, thank you so much for joining me. So now it is, the, it is the fingers crossed because the new way we're doing this with how we're using, how I'm using StreamYard because now I got to quickly figure out and hope to God that the VOD is safe so I can download it and upload it. Don't be a beefy podcast. file. Good luck. Yeah. So in this, uh, Mink, where can people find you? You can find me on pretty much every social media platform under Mink the Seder. Um, and if you want to catch my Twitch streams, it's twitch.tv slash Mink the Seder. I stream on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Sundays. Mondays and when sorry, Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays. Oh, my God. I know my own Twitch schedule. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> Mondays and Thursdays are at 6.30, and Sundays are at 2.30. All right. And then for me, you can follow me at Blue Lightning Cost pretty much everywhere as well. Um, as far as Twitch is concerned, um, with how things have been going lately in my own personal life, I'm willing to experiment uh, possibly streaming on the weeknights now, since that's where a lot of people get their traction from, apparently. Mm -hmm. No one shows up on the weekends. Well, not, not many. Not many for me, Aww. anyway. So I want to give the weeknight a shot, starting with this coming Friday. Thanks. It, it, it just all hinges on the fact that I work from home, so I yeah. don't have to worry about driving home and jealous. feeling extremely wiped out afterwards. But um, So jealous. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that is it for me. Please stay tuned for more episodes of Cosplay Bites. They are coming. They are planned as we continue as I continue uh, the road to episode one hundred. So, this is ninety two. Oh my god! Slowly, slowly, surely getting there. Super exciting! All right, thank you guys so much for tuning in, listening, or tuning into the Twitch stream, and I will catch you all next time. Okay, bye. Bye.